Hi, this is Pam. This is Must Love Food. And today we are continuing our series of uh, us under quarantine and talking to our staff to let you know what uh, putting together a food magazine under quarantine is like. And today I've got Teresa Lorenzo, our art director with me. So welcome, Teresa. Hi, everybody. Hi, Pam. Nice to see you. We haven't seen each other in a long time. Again, we are doing this uh, via web conference. So we have not seen one another, though you have been in the office a little bit. I know your job. Uh, You are our art director. You are a one-woman show. Uh, You are the only art person that we have on our staff for Cuisine at Home, though you do have a little bit of design help part-time, one day a week. Right. (laughs) One day a week. Um, Do you want to tell me a little or tell our uh, listeners a little bit about what an art director does? Sure, sure. Um, I went to uh, school for uh, graphic design. I graduated from Drake University uh, with a BFA in, in graphic design. You could do that in those days. Now it's a, I think it's a liberal arts major. Oh, but uh, right. <laughs> but um, um, I, I've worked for a lot of ad agencies and uh, interior, or excuse me, graphic design companies. And mostly because it, um, back in those days, uh, it was all publication design. So that's where I got my experience. And then um, publication design um, really became my forte plus marketing. I was in a lot of marketing companies as well. So, um, but I also love to cook. So love coming to Cuisine Magazine oh so many years ago. And um, it's just been wonderful. So what I do is I put together um, the magazine plus other, you know, whatever art uh, projects come my way. But um, basically what we do at Cuisine is we start with the recipes and the stories. And um, then I design uh, and lay out the magazine according to those recipes and stories. Uh, What's important that we do at Cuisine is we do taste panel. And you get to, of course, you get to see the food. That's important for me personally. You get to taste it, which is wonderful perk and then most importantly the comments that are made while we're on taste panel gives me inspiration uh, for designing the story so it it depends on you know sometimes someone might say this is this would be better uh, shown as a full recipe it'd be better shown plated and we discuss things like that at taste panel Um, that's what we usually do, but now we've been sharing images by email and Mm -hmm. commenting over email. So, um, even though that's working right now, I long to get back to normal Mm -hmm. as we all do. Uh, and then from there, I, um, put together the story, which includes photography. So then I photo plan all the photography and considering the props, the recipe, the colors involved, in the environment that I want the um, story to take on. Um, It could be, you know, an ethnic recipe. It could be something fresh for summer. In that case, you have to take in consideration the lighting that you want to use for photography, the prop colors, uh, the feeling you want basically to come across. If you want something light and airy, if you want something very moody, you have to take all that into consideration uh, for photography. Uh, usually what we do is we, um, in, in a normal 
issue, we would spend almost every day for three weeks, three to four weeks in photography, um, a good part of the day. Uh, now, however, we have been um, just the minimal amount of people coming into uh, work to the photo studio, the, usually the photographer, the food stylist, and myself. And we um, just pack the day with photography so we don't have to come in very often. So we've been coming in two days a week for the last three weeks and gotten all of our photography done that way. John talked and, about it as a lazy Susan in the photo studio <laughs> where you would just rotate around. I love that. He was talking about that the last on the last podcast. Yes, it's, it's been a dance. Mm -hmm. We try to keep away from each other and we kind of mm -hmm. just keep moving. Just like you said, that's a great, that's a great <laughs> <laughs> visual to have in mind. Um, but for example, uh, with your uh, recipe in our next issue, Pam, you, you made pickles mm -hmm. um, for the cucumber story. Mm -hmm. And you, uh, you tested those at home. You developed the recipe, tested those at home several times just to get it right. And then you, when the recipe was ready, you brought in the pickles, put them in your fridge, and then we didn't even see each other uh, in person. So when it came time to photograph those, I got the pickle, you labeled them and mm -hmm. got the pickles out of the fridge and we did it that way. Yep. Well, and one thing too, um, you do a beautiful job of laying things out, but it is a collaborative effort between um, editor and food recipe developer and art director as well, because it is a story that we build together. Um, kind of similarly, uh, I think last issue we worked on a cheese story together and um, we just sort of, I mean, we kind of came together on making the information look as beautiful. So I was responsible sort of to generate the, the nuts and the bolts of what we were saying and you were responsible for making it look gorgeous, which you did, um, which I love. Yeah, every story in the magazine, it takes a village. Yeah. And and we we all uh, jump in together on the story and put our heads together. And there's something maybe very complex, like the cheese story was very complex to wrap heads around. And it took all of us to you know, figure out how we wanted to hone it down. There was such great information out there. We needed to hone it down a little bit to uh, to our pages of our magazine. And, you know, yes, everybody... That's the challenge. Yes. <laughs> real estate. Everybody, it's important real estate. <laughs> yeah, and collaboration is the key word mm -hmm. for anything we do for this magazine. Yes. It really takes a lot of collaboration between the editorial staff and the art staff and photography mm -hmm. um, and it all comes together beautifully it does well i it's interesting too you talk about your background you and i do have similar backgrounds um i worked on madison avenue for a long time um i didn't have um a family history of families owning restaurants but i um used to um eat all over the all over new york and all over the country and that gave me a love of food. Well, I really had a love of food from when I was young and growing up. I used to hang on my mother's um, apron and um, watch Julia Child when I was a little kid, <laughs> black and white on the TV. And um, after 9-11, um, I decided things were going to change in my life. And I ended up going to culinary school 
Um, but so that's how I kind of got into this business. But you and I have sort of that same advertising, marketing, um, creative. It's all to me, it is all similar um, themed because it's all about telling stories. It's just a different story that you're telling. It's it's communication, whether you're communicating through an ad or you're communicating through a piece of content that's um, a video or it's a magazine. It is all um, communication arts. And we tell that story through words and through pictures Absolutely. and through styling. That's another yes. part of your job. Right. Um, I, I had the opportunity to work for a major food brand at my last job. And it was kind of thrown into it on the deep end. I had not um, worked with a food brand before. Um, and it was just kind of a sink or swim situation. Mm -hmm. And it ended up being my, um, my client for several years. So uh, working with uh, a food brand in particular taught me a lot about styling. Mm -hmm. uh, we, we did have uh, food stylists on set and I watched the prop stylists work intimately because they, this food brand had their own photo studio mm -hmm. and they hired food and uh, prop stylists. So it was just a matter of watching them work. And then I learned to do that myself. Sure. So it was, you know, it was kind of a, a learn by doing situation and it served me well. <laughs> I, I hear you. I worked with Lydia Bastianich, as you know, for uh, several right. years and um, both on TV and on editorial shoots. And then she had her own production, which was basically a digital magazine that we produced. And um, so learn by doing, you throw yourself right. in the deep end. And, and I don't know, maybe it's just the ad world, uh, the marketing world, but you seem to end up um, getting thrown in the deep end without a life vest. And <laughs> you either figure out how to tread water or um, do the butterfly stroke or something like that. But well, um, you have learned well, because I think um, uh not many people could, I think, um, handle the load of work that you have as a one woman um, managing everything and doing things from laying out the pages, um, running the photography and doing the styling. Um, but so for you working from home, have has that been OK? I mean, you're able to design your pages at home, which I imagine is not easy, but I would say it's somewhat um, transversible from either office to home. I know that the right. photos you can't do at home. Right. Um, first of all, I, first of all, I want to give a shout out to our IT department. Oh yeah. Be because of this, uh, the VPN system, I guess you'd call it a system that, uh, we have, we were able to mirror our computers at work. So mm -hmm. that has been a lifeline for all of us. Mm -hmm. So that, that has um, uh, made it possible for us to work at home I'm so well, you. I think. I yeah. just called IT right before this call because I was having a problem. <laughs> I had the circle of death. Oh, no. <laughs> um, but that has worked out very well because then I, I'm able to get to our archives, to all the photography that we've shot before, and then we are able to communicate uh, via email and um, Microsoft Teams uh, because you know we have to keep communicating. And uh, even though 
emails get to be uh, quite a load during the day. There's thousands of them. Yes. Um, but that's, you know, that's how we have to do it. And that's been working, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I'm able to get to everything I need to get to in order to design the pages. Mm-hmm. So that is, that's fantastic. Otherwise, it would be near impossible to do this uh, at home. Yeah, but there's one thing I, that you're right. The one thing you can't do is photography from home um, because uh, our photographer, our food stylist, we all have to come together as a, as a collaborative group to and, get that. And jump on the lazy Susan. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so one other thing I wanted to mention or talk about is um, we kind of touched on that your family, uh, you grew up in a, an Italian family um, and, and your family owned restaurants and um, you have a lot of recipes that are sort of near and dear to your heart that you grew up with. And I know that you wrote a story recently for our website, cuisineathome.com, if uh, anybody's interested. Um, and it's on homemade cavatelli. Um, right. And it was a beautiful story. Um, oh, but I was just going to ask you a little bit about that. And um, I kind of looked at it and I thought, oh, that reminds me a little bit of like um, a pasta, a gnocchi pasta. Um, right, because exactly. of the shaping of it, but it's not made with potatoes. It's a pasta right. dough. It, it is very much like a gnocchi, only with pasta dough. Okay. Um, and the the trick of it, I mean, there's there's a trick to it is that when you first make them, and this has been my um, experience, that you make them really thick. <laughs> um, the, it's the rolling out of it and, and they get a little, uh, if you like a dumpling, they're fine, but it's, it's, it's to find practice and fine tune the technique of making cavatelli. Uh, if, if you make them very thin, uh, they just melt in your mouth and they're just absolutely mm-hmm. wonderful. Just like, like my grandmother's cavatelli. Oh. But um, but it seems it seems like I, I make cavatelli for obviously for years and years with her recipe and her technique. But if I if I stop making it for a few years and then go on, I, I have it seems like I have to relearn it all oh, over and over. Of Just course. the touch yep. you have to have and the feel for the dough and that kind of thing. But to, but to me, it's it's like my fondest food mm-hmm. memory as a child is my grandmother's cavatelli. And it's just so, so it, it, it's it's odd to say that uh, pasta is flavorful, but for some reason these are, and and it's the way she made them, her touch, uh, the feel that she had for it. Of course, she used no recipe, and um, and I, I remember um, I, I uh, went to college. And she gave me a goodbye dinner of cavatelli. Mm. It turns out that I switched colleges at the last minute. And she always accused me of doing that so I would get two goodbye <laughs> cavatelli dinners, uh, which, you know, wouldn't be a bad idea. Um, but uh, I remember one day I was I was over at her house visiting and she was uh, quite elderly at that point. And then she motioned to me to come into the kitchen and I went into the kitchen and all of a sudden uh, she started making cavatelli. And I thought, oh, my God, she is showing me how to make cavatelli. She has never shown anybody how to make oh. this. 
I was just, I was mesmerized. I didn't even want to stop and get a piece of paper. I was just memorizing what she was doing. And then I went home, I wrote it down right away. And that was, I think, was her wonderful gift to me to show me how to make cavatelli. And then it turns out she did did show one other person in the family, my cousin, Mm -hmm. uh, Mary Jo. She showed her how to make it too, but we're the only two that she showed how to make it. And I, I just, I felt so honored at the time Mm -hmm. that she did that, that, okay. So that's why cavatelli is so special to me. And that's why I wrote this story for a website. Um, well, what else are you gravitating towards right now, just at home during this quarantine period? Well, I tell you, I have this food bucket list that I keep, mm. things I want to make, uh, things I want to try. So um, I made uh, last week for the first time I made hummus. I oh. made roasted red pepper hummus, and it was really fantastic. Uh, I, I love roasted red pepper hummus, and we have a local uh, grocery store chain that makes their own. Um, oh, actually, there's a couple of them, local grocery ter- store chains that make their own hummus. And I don't happen to live near either one of them. So I have to make a special trip to go get hummus. Or if I'm in that area of town, I stop and get some. Um, but I thought, well, why don't I make it? I mean, I have a I have a day free. I think I'll just explore that. So I made it. It was fantastic. I don't think I'll ever go back. Mm. So um, did you use canned chickpeas or did you use um, dried or did I did use canned. Uh-huh. Um, and I just wanted to make it easy on myself because yeah. I thought if I'm going to make this again, I don't want it to be a, a chore. Not that sure. soaking beans is a terrible chore but sometimes you just don't remember to do it the night before and Mm -hmm. you just want to go for the recipe so I did use canned uh, chickpeas and I got this gigantic they happened to have this gigantic red bell pepper or else I would probably use two Mm -hmm. medium-sized red bell peppers and um, it was it was good the first day but it was even Mm. better the second day when it sat and it got cold and Oh, I, it was fantastic. Did, I, I'm just so pleased with that. Oh, nice. Did you add some tahini? I did. I added okay. tahini, lemon, olive oil, um, and then the, the roasted red pepper okay. was pretty all, much all that it needed for flavor, nice. a little salt. Mm-hmm. And oh, I did add, I did add um, parsley. Mm-hmm. Uh, not, I'd add dried parsley because I didn't want it to turn a funny oh, color. Sure when it sat. Uh, so I added dried parsley and, um, and, oh, uh, freshly ground black pepper. Nice. Nice. So what else is on your, uh, food bucket list? Well, actually, uh, this week I'm going to try to make, um, roast carrot, uh, hummus. Okay. Roasted carrot hummus. I think maybe I'll try some um, maybe roasted garlic with it. I haven't mm. quite decided. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put some other, you know, kind of background flavor with it. Uh, you might check out the, uh, I think it was a recipe for two. And the re- reason I remember this is because I think I developed it, but I think there's a grilled zucchini hummus recipe Ooh. on our website. Um, oh, I do remember so that one. Yeah. You might use that as a basis to, yes. and that's something people, you, you know, especially now, I think, it, if you don't have 
um, if you don't have zucchini, try carrots and just, you might have to cook them right. longer or do something. And if you don't, you don't have a grill, roast them, but um, uh, it's all about improvising and swapping and all that kind of stuff. But um, you might check out that recipe. Um, Excellent. Um, yes, you like the hummus. <laughs> I do love hummus. And I actually, I really like zucchini. Uh, uh -huh. So that, that'd be a great recipe for me to try. I'll look there that you one go. up on yeah. cuisine.com. I think it was just, um, I think I just saw it recently. I think it was on one of um, one of our social pages too. I think um, it was okay. posted. So if you're not following us on social media, it, we're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest. And uh, we have great recipes at cuisineathome.com. Um, so are you eating any Italian food at home these days or not? Or... Um, actually, I'm I'm working on uh, manicotti. Okay. I'm, I'm going to make the pasta, and I'm going to uh, fill it and uh, with uh, I think some beef, mm -hmm. spinach kind of a filling. So I'm I'm working on developing that. Uh, we just had ham for Easter, and we've got a ton of ham left because it was just the two uh -huh. of us <clears throat> without family eating the rest mm -hmm. of the ham. So I'm going yeah, to the try. Zoom call, uh, you can't really share your food on Zoom, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Doesn't taste as good for some reason. Uh, so I'm going to make a, a ham potato cheesy soup oh. uh, this week with the leftovers. I think there so was I, one of those just posted too. Yeah, and and actually our cheesy potato soup is pretty yeah. much one of Cuisine at Home's most yes. popular recipes. Yes. Um, so one other thing we kind of talked about, you were, you, um, I, or we had just discussed was that you had written that Cavatelli story, but you also have written a book and you're yeah. writing another one. Is that correct? And that's right. Um, I wrote a fiction novel, uh, published it in 2018 and, um, now I am writing a sequel to that novel. It takes place six years later so that's another thing i'm doing at home to keep myself busy um, on the weekends I, I i work outside for one day and then i use one day as a writing day so tell me what the name of the book is uh, the, well uh it's a tentative title oh and that's your, the one that's published oh the one that's published is called the grace girls mm -hmm. and it's uh based on some stories that uh, are inspired by some stories that my mom told me uh, while she was in nurses training um, in uh, the 1930s. Mm -hmm. and she used to tell me all kinds of stories. I thought they were fascinating. So I, I'm just, uh, the character isn't her, but I'm just basing some of the stories mm -hmm. um, off of taking a riff off some of the stories that she told me and making a, making a whole new story about mm -hmm. it. And then, so this new story takes place six years later. It kind of follows the same uh, characters and and how they've how they've developed. And it actually takes place during uh, World War II. Okay. And did you say you had a tentative name? If you don't want to share it, that's fine. Yeah. It's tentatively, it's called the the Orchard Moon. Okay. Um, and that that kind of is a is a theme throughout the the story as of now. Sure. Um, I'm. I'm not quite finished with it, but I'm pretty close. 
Well, that's definitely, you have a little bit of time. I mean, you're, you're busy most of the time. I know <laughs> uh, shuffling between the office and home and uh, designing. And like we said, your one woman show. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, um, it is a passion for you. So um, yes, it is. yeah. Um, and uh, it was something you'd said earlier, which I find really interesting. You had said that about your cavatelli with your grandmother and having to go back and relearn it each time you make it kind of thing. I feel like that from uh, one of the aspects of my job is not only just, you know, uh, you know, you create a recipe kind of out of your, your mind, out of your head, and then you kind of see what is available out there and you sort of hone in on what your take on this recipe will be and you create it and all. And then you, um, we panel it and then we make it for photography, we shoot it, then we write about it and we teach somebody how to make it. That's kind of the shtick of, of what we do. But, and you immerse yourself in this every single time. After said and done, I can't remember what I put in a recipe. I can't remember how to make a recipe. Uh, it's really interesting. And you spend so much time doing it, but then you really forget. And um, well, that's how it's funny because my niece made gnocchi recently and um, I sent her our recipe, the one that I made and the video that we made for it too. Right. And she said, oh, you made it look so good. Um, so easy. And I said, yeah, it is. And then I looked at it and I'm thinking, could I make that again? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's so funny about that, Pam, is that, you know, some of our recipes that we develop at Cuisine, um, people, pe they're people's go-to recipes. They make mm -hmm. them like all the time. Mm -hmm. Like, for example, I'm, I make a, a chicken noodle soup with curry all the time oh, that one yes. of our recipe de developers in the past uh, MJ. made mm -hmm. MJ and then you know that's like part of my repertoire like mm -hmm. like you know something you developed would be part of somebody's repertoire and well, they make Amanda, it all the time and then you don't yes. <laughs> you kind of move on from there the my um steak um fajita sheet pan dinner is one of Amanda's like that's favorite right. go-to yeah. yes <laughs> Yeah, it, it is interesting. Um, things are near and dear to our hearts, but um, we we develop so much and we put out a lot of content that it um, sometimes it's fleeting and we forget. That's but we're right. happy that people do love it and like it because that's why we do what we do. Exactly. Um, so, well, anyhow, I thank you for joining me today, Teresa. I, um, I think people have a better sense of um, kind of the design side of, of our magazine um, because of you, um, because of the thought that you put into laying out a page and a story and working with um, the other um, staff members to make it come together and look beautiful. And um, from a photography standpoint, from a styling standpoint, um, food and prop styling, as well as kind of just the special touches that you put onto um, a layout. I was actually working on uh, cocktails with cuisine before we we were talking, and I love the banner you have with the little <laughs> blue with all the little bubbles. It's a hard seltzer story, so it's bubbly and light. And so those little kind of cute touches too. Um, there's a lot of thought that goes into that and how you make things fit on a page. 
um, like we were talking about before to the, the um, cheese story, there was a lot of information there and you just made it work. You fit it all in and still gave it some, some air. So it wasn't so heavy and condensed or anything, but we were able to, you know, so I think people have a sense of that kind of thing. And, um, the dance that you have to do in the studio these days, especially, <laughs> and, um, yeah, and that you are um, kind of um, a Renaissance woman. So not only do you design and style and all of that, but you love food and love to cook. And you um, also have a passion for writing. So um, I hope everybody enjoyed listening and talking with Teresa. I certainly did. And um, uh, again, we're at cuisineathome.com. And follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, uh, if you are not already. We have a lot of great recipes and how-to articles and um, all of that kind of stuff out there. So, um, yeah, thanks for joining us today. And uh, please come back next week. Bye-bye. Visit our site to learn about special offers, new products, and more for purchase. We offer live cooking seminars from pasta making and cast iron cooking to pie baking and stir frying techniques. Our special interest publications feature recipes centered around certain topics like feel good food and slow cooker dinners. We also offer custom at home branded kitchen tools such as aprons, cutting boards, and bench knives. Shop all of our offerings at cuisineathome.com.